0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler. Episode 48. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche. Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now, join your host, Meg Renschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you for making us a part of your week and joining this show today that I think is centering around something so very important, the whole concept of how our mind and our body work together, how we are whole beings, and by helping our clients make the connection between what's going on in the body and how the mind and the body connect can create a new awareness that really is empowering for the client. How we navigate and recover from the daily stressors can give our clients new tools to be able to respond to the kinds of things that life throws at us. Our guest today is Eileen McDonald, and Eileen comes from a background of nursing. She was a nurse for over 30 years, and she is now a coach and a co-founder of the Axios Performance Institute. What she does is coaches individuals in a client-centered, proactive approach that helps them manage those everyday stressors that we discussed. By combining advanced scientific techniques and technologies that allow individuals to observe what's going on physiologically with them, what's happening with their stress responses, and how she can help make those things that are invisible visible through using her biofeedback machines and techniques with her clients, really kind of helping people understand how they can improve their health and performance through learning these behavioral techniques and principles. What I find to be so important is that Eileen and her partner are taking these techniques into corporations and organizations and doing some learning, some teaching in Lunch and Learns to help bring these ideas forward. And I think that the concepts that she shares are so very important. And I believe you're going to really enjoy what Eileen has to share. So let's go to our interview with Eileen McDonald. Hi, Eileen. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Meg. I'm so glad to be here today. I am so happy to spend time with you. You have such a neat, in in some ways, a unique approach to your coaching that I think all coaches need to hear about it. And rather than just kind of staying mysterious with it, why don't I start with you? Could you share a little bit of two, kind of two-pronged question? What
1: brought you into coaching? And then, A little bit about your business. Sure. So my background's in nursing. I was a nurse for many years. And through my nursing career, I actually then went into a health and well-being type coaching position. And so this is before they were really official called coaches at that point. And so through going in that direction, what I actually wound up working with several executives, and they said, you know, wow, this would really help my staff and my employees and something similar. So that's how I wound up getting into working with executives and corporations. It was that all, my employees kind of opened that, my clients actually opened that door. You
0: know, into... that happens so often that, that we do work and then up the ladder sees the results of that work or is able, you know, we might work with one person or one leader and they see that other, more people could benefit mm-hmm. from that. So it's mm-hmm. sort of ripple affected for you, huh?
1: Yes. Yes. So that's how it's, it went. And I have a company called Axios Performance Institute. and I Say have that a... slower. Sorry. It's the no, New York. No, it's me. Axios. Yeah, that's it's your Axios? New York. (laughs) The Axios Axios, Performance Institute. And I have a business partner named Prelar Angel. And we've been together for 10 years. We have an office in Dallas. And we work with executives and business leaders in really making, we always say, making them extraordinary every day. Let them, trying to have them understand how their physiology actually impacts their behavior. And we do that by using biofeedback devices. So I tell people it makes the invisible visible. They actually see what their body signals are actually telling them and then how that actually then results in. Their behavior or, or their emotion, how that changes their emotions. So, you start with physiology. I start with physiology.
0: And what led to that decision? You know, what sort of led to your framework of doing that?
1: That's a great question. I started with biofeedback devices when I started working with a chiropractor for a while, and she used biofeedback devices in her office. So, what I did was I was trained in biofeedback devices and very fascinated. So, I that was the bridge between biofeedback and then coaching that I was able to bridge together.
0: So, what does the biofeedback show you? How do you actually utilize
1: that in sure. coaching? Yeah, sure. So, what I do is when I do an assessment on someone, one of my assessments is I hook them up to a biofeedback devices. So there's sensors that are placed on their fingers and then there's sensors placed uh, in their, believe it or not, the nostril of their nose. It's uh, its just you like- You have to Rick. really
0: build trust and intimacy you with your do. client to be able to do this. <laughs>
1: yes, I think it helps that I kind of bypass the what we call the critical factor by knowing that I'm a nurse and that I can have that hands-on experience. So, so we set them up in front of a, a computer and we do cognitive stressors with them. So, such as? Such as, are you familiar with the Stroop test? It's Why don't you tell the test. audience a okay. little bit about so that? So a strip test is a color word test. You might see a word red, but actually the color of it would be blue. So we have them identify the different, what they're reading, not what they're seeing. And mm-hmm. so they do that because what the goal is, is to activate their nervous system. So we want to see what their stress response actually shows them. So we monitor their heart rate, mm-hmm. their skin conductivity, which is the little sweat molecules that we get when, when our nervous system gets activated. And you say it's a lie detector test that that we give them.
0: We start our coaching with the lie detector test.
1: Who's who's (laughs) going to sign up first? Exactly. (laughs) And then also we look at the breathing mechanics while they're going through that. And then, so we have a baseline and then we have a a stressor and then we have recovery. One of our stresses is a math test. So that gets people activated pretty quickly many times because like, what? (laughs) I have to get from what number to what number in two minutes? Are you crazy? And then I look at the recovery again. And the goal is for them is to see where, not if they get activated because we all want to get activated, right? Stress gives us that motivation to get things done and to shift. We want to check to see how quickly people recover. Because if they don't recover from one event to the next, then over the course of a day, what you'll find is that you're pretty emotionally charged at the end of the day and you're not as productive or you're not as co-creative. If you need to collaborate with someone, you're in that high emotional state. And uh, we want our clients to understand physically what is happening to them. And... But we want them to identify those changes early so that they can actually do a couple of techniques that we've teach them about to kind of really, not really relax, but to reset themselves because we want them to be activated, but we don't want them to be overstimulated in a situation. Does that make sense? Oh, it
0: makes perfect sense. So there's a couple things going on in my mind. First of all, just the logistics of how you set up a practice that your clients are open and willing and ready to be attached to a machine and had a monitor put up their nostril and things like that. So how do you set that up?
1: Great question. You know, we usually, when we go into corporations, we do a lunch and learn and we talk about how people respond to stress and how their bodies respond to stress. And then we tell them, we just say that we have some sensors that we apply onto your fingers. And then we have people sign up. They decide on their own to sign up for the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, it's pretty open. I don't have Much resistance at all. People are curious. I think, especially because we're living in a time now with mindfulness and meditation is such a common thread for people right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look in the news, and also if you look in the news, you notice that this people say stress is an epidemic, and that doctors say so many illnesses are due to stress. So those terminologies are pretty fluid in, in uh, most of the people we work with. So they have a curiosity of where they where they actually fall on that continuum you want
0: so you're able to tap into their curiosity. So the other thing that you said was you start with the physiology and mm-hmm. so you're starting by increasing the awareness and helping them see how their body's responding. Once they have that awareness, what where do you go next?
1: That's it. it's really interesting because once we have that, once they understand, it takes a, some people catch it early. If you're a athlete, athletes are really in tune to their bodies. And one so for instance, we have a, a client who actually is semi-professional athlete and an executive. Mm-hmm. And so he's in both worlds. And so he's familiar with his physiology because he needs to be, because he has to be so astute. What happens is that he didn't bridge this those signals when he was at work. So we bridge those signals for him and we do that by once we do the assessment then we actually go into the full mode of coaching in the sense of we have sessions once a week and most of the the sessions are can be remotely or by Zoom or Skype or by phone and we have them keep, this particular gentleman keep track of his physiology because he was so in tune. So when did he feel that heart rate get angry? When did he feel the muscle tension? Because I guess maybe let me I'm going to go back so I don't skip it. When we look at the physiology Physiology. We try. We explain to our clients that the physiology gives you energy, and where is that energy being directed? Is it being directed in an area of productivity, or if it's being area of not being productive?
0: Okay. Is it and working so, for you
1: or not working? for Exactly. You? Yeah. Exactly. Where Where does it fall? And then, then we really go into their thinking patterns and how it affects their thinking. And that's when we bring in a lot of the neuroscience with the brain function, because if emotionally, if you are being triggered from your nervous system and your active stress response is activated, it's activated from the fear mode of the brain. And when you're activated from the fear mode of the brain, you activate distrust. So those relationships, whether if it's at work or at home, um, they're activated. So you're not going to be able to have the, high level of relationship that you would want or the communication that you would want with someone if you're in that distrust mode of your brain. So it's educating them what that feels like and then they track it. How, what does it feel like? There are several apps that they can use on the phone. Really? Mm -hmm. So technology works right with you. Yes, it does. And then they get to identify when they're in that trust part of their brain as we know the prefrontal cortex part of that brain when we're in that brain, what does it feel like? so they start to identify with their physical changes where they are located, and then from there, how productive their interactions are and how it, how their performance is actually rated or based on both sides. Does that make sense? it
0: does so one of the things that I heard is that you're also sort of then linking in how they're thinking or or how they're responding to this emotional, well, or what they're thinking is doing to that. I mean, I guess that's what came first, the chicken or the egg. So are people kind of, you're helping them understand the physiology, yet that might be impacted by the way they're seeing things or or interpreting things. So how do you tie that all in together for them?
1: I really go over the science behind it. They they really, so I do the science. There's a lot of neuroscience that talks about, and you know, it's been proven for so many years now, and I've done some research in neuro, Science and so I bridge that, and so it's all based on our behavior. Because when when we are working at our best and we can be extraordinary every day, our systems are working together in that flow state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, we tell our clients what we want is we want their head and their feet in the same place at the same time, and when so they have that
0: congruency. Yes.
1: And so they're in that state of heart math, which is a biofeedback, uh, has a biofeedback device. And there's many, I think probably your uh, listeners are familiar with heart math. They actually call it coherence their body is in a state of coherence. And so when your body's in a state of coherence, your brain then, if you look at it as an instrument, is actually working at its optimal. And so we can then perform our best when our brain is working at our optimal.
0: Makes perfect sense. Are you able to share an example of a client who created that level of um, coherence,
1: yes, sure, so one of our clients, when we were doing our initial assessment, one of his signals, I will say, was not responding very well, so you know, of course, I thought, well, maybe it's the device because the device can be, so I switched out you know the device, and the device was working perfectly fine, and so we realized uh, when I was talking to him, I told him or we we always say we're doing some hypothesis of what things might present, and you can tell us if if it's true or not and I said. It seems that you might have a little bit of anxious feelings when you're learning something new. And he said, oh, yes, I have anxiety all the time. He said, I work with someone, a psychologist. And he said, I actually host my meetings walking up and down the hall. He said, I cannot physically sit down. Sitting in a meeting, I start to get agitated. I get angry. And it's not what the listener is actually telling me. It's that physically, I cannot sit there because my brain gets triggered. And so I need to be moving. I need to have some movement. So he said, my he said, when I hire somebody and they said we have our meetings, walking up and down the hall or walking, you know, and they're like, Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so what we were able to do with training, helping him train his physiology was that he was able to get in and be able to sit in a meeting for at least an hour to two hours and not a big change feeling of anger. He was able to settle. Himself in because he identified physically what was happening, and for him, what he felt was his hands would get cold and clammy, and he would start rubbing his hands. And then we, I taught him breathing techniques that were able to shift him into a different mode, so he wasn't activated in that fear and non-trust where you get agitated, and he was able to shift that to that calmness and that trust state.
0: That is really neat, the way that you were able to make a major change with him. Mm And the biofeedback, for the people who aren't familiar with biofeedback, on the one hand, I don't want people to think that biofeedback is all just about the machines. It's nope. about actually the techniques that go along with the data that you get from the machines. So what are some biofeedback techniques that you might use with your
1: clients in addition to the one you just gave? Sure. So, yes, yeah, so that is true. I think when we first started working with executives, what the biofeedback offered was the science behind why they became angry and why that they were then taking responsibility for their, inter, you know, they were looking for the, and understanding that emotional intelligence, as we would, so to say, right? We're so right. familiar with that. And so it gave them something to look, set internally what was going on physically that it wasn't happening outside because we explain to people that the stress response is what happens internally. Stresses are outside and it's our response to that. So we give them tools and techniques, uh, some of breathing techniques mm-hmm. that we use uh, bi- and biofeedback does really, it's just a feedback loop, right? It's just like a scale. You get on the scale, you get a number, you either want to change your weight or you don't change your weight. You know, when you look in the mirror, it's the same thing. So the bio feedback devices, just make things visible for them so then they can understand what needs to be changed. And so most of the tools that we use and they train on okay, is breathing related,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that different breathing techniques and not the, just the traditional, but actually the breath work, actually, the breathing is the connection between the mind and the body. Right. So it really resets that for them. And then another one is called heart rate variability, which is trying to get your breathing and your heart rate in sync together. And you can do that on an app. Like that's heart math. Like I said, I'm not, I don't get any money from heart math, but they <laughs> have really learned the system that everyone can use. And that's one of the areas. The other area that I've brought in is, which helps is conversational intelligence. Which with that because the physiology is the body. And then I use some tools from conversation intelligence to kind of blend the both together.
0: Dynamic stuff, Eileen.
1: Did that that answer your question? Yes, it did.
0: Well, and that was sort of coming from a place and I probably asked it as, you know, a non-professional that that doesn't actually use the biofeedback, but I I know and I think I shared with you in our pre-interview that when I was a teenager, I had horrible headaches and was diagnosed with, you know, migraines and, and was sent to a biofeedback practitioner who could teach me many ways through using that machine to change my body's response to things. So things like heating up my hands, to change the blood flow from my headache to other portions of my body to cut down the pounding in my head. Mm-hmm. or And to this day, I'm a bazillion years old, and I did that when I was in high school. And I still, when I'm stressed, I will breathe in, I am, and exhale calm. That mm-hmm. was one of the things, he, you know, I am calm. He would have me do that over and over while I was hooked up to his machines. And uh, lo and behold, if it wouldn't, you know, start blood flow in different directions, and get my body to respond in different ways. And obviously, I'm not speaking science here. I'm just speaking my experience as a teenager who was who doing it. But really dynamic stuff in, in sort of helping me even begin to better understand the inner workings of my body and how my body was responding to stress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how many practitioners are you aware of that do something similar
1: to what you do? Start with the physiology. Uh, it's interesting. I know sports psychologists have a, a trend of doing, uh, of working that way, but I'm not familiar with very many in that are coaches that are You're right. So executive coaches that are
0: bringing right. this into companies and doing the sort of education and then moving into some practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So and that's the exciting part of it, you know, and and people are well received of they really do enjoy finding out more about themselves, especially like I said, especially with the trends now, people I think are really wanting to take more control of their health and well-being mm-hmm. and so that because you know we both know burnout is a real thing you know and Absolutely. i know a lot of our clients are trending that way we always you know trending towards burnout and so i think this also gives them an opportunity to step back and say okay where am i on that continuum am i, am I on the burnout continuum you know am i totally engaged or or am I burnt out? And how can I shift into finding out more? You know, what What tools can I use with Ember? And, and it needs to be quick, right? They don't, I don't know about your clients, but most of mine don't have much time. So they don't really right. want to work and have to say, well, I'm sitting at an hour to do some breathing. It really is which quick interventions, the many tools that we can offer them. And so mm-hmm. that's a lot of the breathing tools come in. And, you know, in that area, does that make sense?
0: No, that makes perfect sense. They need to be able to have a tool that they can kick into place right as a meeting is starting, if that anxiety is rising, or if they're aware that some of the things that you've been working on are triggering, how can they immediately apply a technique they've learned with you to get back to a better place?
1: Yes. And it's interesting because I have one of my focus is called respiratory fitness which brings in the breathing coaching and one of my clients I have them bring their relaxation tapes whatever they use to relax and I want to see really if they are in a relaxed state physically because mentally they think they are and many mm-hmm. times physically they're not there's they think they are but they're not and so one of my one of my clients said I learned Lama's breathing and that's my relaxation breath and I said okay let's hook you up to the, the machines let's see you know where and 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 it's funny because what it actually was doing was that they were like, if people are familiar with Lamar's breathing, it's a shift in your breathing, so it decreases your pain Right, so it's right. It, it changes a, a it's a cognitive shift, a consciousness shift, and so what he was doing was actually causing some of his breathing chemistry to be imbalanced, and with that, that can cause more anger. So he was having this increase in anger issues at work, thinking because that he was, was going, using this technique. He was using yes. the technique, and in reality, it was making things worse. So it's that awareness that he can That's, go then and make those shifts, make a different choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and so yes. Make a different choice. That's so it's those subtle changes that they start to recognize because I, I, we try to explain to them that their brain is an organ. And when it gets imbalanced with certain chemicals, you're going to perceive things different. You know, you're going to have narrow vision. You're going to maybe be addicted to being right, you know, having a consciousness. And so let's see physically how we can take a look at that
0: such a neat thing, though, to to go from what we believe to what's really happening, which is another great tool to say, just because you have that belief doesn't make it fact. Just in general, I think that helping our clients understand that Just because it's a belief, where's the evidence or what's really, is it working for you or against you? What other choices might be available versus kind of being embedded in that belief? So, but this is like really tying in the science of of the physiology with it. It's really fun. I use fun like when I get pumped. It is fun. Um, (laughs) You being the expert in this, what haven't I asked you that you think the audience would really benefit from knowing about... The whole concept of starting with physiology in your coaching.
1: What I think is that when I start with my clients too, I I ask them questions around how reactive or responsive they are in certain triggers. And so when I think when we're getting, all of us, when we're getting triggered, we don't realize how the emotional state changes until we're already in it. Until we're already in the anger state. to we're already in, you know, the, what they say—the fight, flight, freeze, or appease. You know, there are people that just appease and say yes, 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 and then afterwards, their body is very tense because they did not really speak their mind. So it's really having people understand that they have the ability. Once their physiology is balanced, they have that ability then to make the decision to either react. Or respond to situations. And so it's, it's that old, I says, the old adage that I was taught when I was younger, you know, count to 10. You no, know, we don't count to 10, but if we really do count to 10 and we really do just stay put for one minute where our head and our feet are in the same place, you know, our response to the situation can be different. And especially working with the executives when things are changing so quickly in our world, we're, we're attached 24 7 to all these devices. We're not, we're expected to answer. There's that. Instant gratification that keeps coming. That that keeps our bodies and our minds activated all the time. And so it's really allowing them that space to say, I just, you know, even if it's for a minute, even if it's for 10 seconds, to stop, pause, and really reflect on what, what they're reacting to. Good. And then that's you don't
0: have to have a biofeedback machine to help no. your clients do those things. Exactly. And
1: you don't, and and that's one of the things that you don't. Breathing is, you know, everyone has, like I said, all these meditation mindful apps, but it's really having them be centered, really having them stop and just take notice of what what's going on. You know, are they do they feel anger and are they answering in anger or are they answering you know from a place where it's more heart centered in the sense of not woo woo heart centered but are they coming from a place where they they can be clear in in how they're trying to get their point across without the emotions getting tied up
0: and in the way because mm-hmm. if the emotions are hitting your listener first what's the chances that they're going to be really open to hearing your message
1: exactly exactly and that's the tone we use right it's how we present, if we're paying attention to someone, you know, that's, we all know people are looking at their phones at the same time they're having conversation that activates a response in all of us, just something simple than that, you know, is that. So it's really having, you don't need to buy a feedback, just have them check in with their bodies. You know, I'm one of the things I do before I start all my sessions is I invite them to take a couple of nice cleansing breaths because I do before my sessions. And I have them check in to see, you know, internally, what um, what's their internal forecast? You know, is it cloudy? Is it, <laughs> is it thundery? And, do we have thunderstorms on the horizon? Exactly, yes. because then that, that takes me next. My next question is, where are you feeling that in your body? So they can become familiar with what, what that feels like. So, So you do not need biofeedback devices for that, but it is, I think, real important for my clients particularly to really get that sense of what what it feels like for them
0: such an incredibly important yet also kind of unique to the executive coaching arena framework and way to set up the the coaching. So I appreciate that you took your time to share that with all of us because you're right. In 2017, it is my hope that people are more aware that, that we are whole and Mm -hmm. that all these elements fit together. And when we can use the science that's available to us now that wasn't even available 10, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago and help people kind of move into that space of awareness and decisions and owning what's happening with our bodies and our minds and our emotions and that we're all one big package, but it all influences one another, then we can help empower them. So thank you for
1: sharing. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is exciting.
0: It seems to me that almost daily we get more information about the benefits of mindfulness and new discoveries in neuroscience. I want to thank Eileen McDonald for bringing her expertise to the show. If you'd like to know more about Axios Performance Institute or Eileen McDonald or about our show, visit starcoachshow.com we have resources throughout the website the resource page will give you more information about Eileen you can always contact me through the contact page and sign up for the ongoing book giveaway on the resource page I so appreciate you making the show a part of your week and if you're getting value from the show would very much appreciate Rating and review on iTunes. Click on the rate and review on our website, and that'll take you directly to iTunes where you can leave a quick review. It would be so appreciated. Our membership site is about to launch, so look for emails. We will definitely give more information through the show and Any ideas you have about what would be helpful for you in a membership site and being a part of that community, I would love to hear more about. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.